in the beginning. The church is the pillar and support of truth. It's only in God we can find peace through Christ Jesus. God does not dwell in houses of brick of mortar. He dwells in our hearts. Join Word versus World every Sunday at 8 a.m. on 92.5 in Nugu's Dream FM. Word versus World. Rightly dividing the truth of God's Word. Word versus World. Sponsored by friends and lovers of the Gospel. And good morning to you, beloved listeners. It is a beautiful Sunday morning. And um, we're here. We're here to learn the word. We're here to become better at being um, followers of Christ. Uh, we are on Word versus World, just as Digitrish has said. And here, we actually take worldly concepts and ideas and next-read them using the truth of God's word. Um, like we say, the idea is to ensure that um, every believer is fully armed with the resources needed to live balanced Christian lives. Uh, we have actually been on the series, Learning Christ. Learning Christ. And last week, Pastor Kemuta explained to us that the idea of Christianity is Christ. And the idea of learning Christ is following him learning what he likes, learning what he doesn't like, um, reading his word, and just knowing him. And, um, you know, that, that was what he tried to explain to us um, uh, last week. And, of course, letting us know that um, everybody who has a heart and who genuinely seeks the Lord will find the Lord. You know, that's what the Bible tells us. And so today we will continue in the series, Learning Christ. My name is Hope. And we have in the studio uh, a man of God who is very, very familiar, I believe, particularly to regular listeners. Um, he is the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries, which operates from Enugu, Nigeria. And he's blessed with a lovely wife and lovely children, Pastor Banky. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. Nice to be here again today. Okay, yes, it is great to have you here, sir. Um, okay, so Pastor, we, we're talking about learning Christ, as I've, I'm sure you've heard, yes. and um, we want to um, go at it today from a slightly different angle. Um, so we'll just quickly um, take a scripture um, here, um, John chapter 17 and verse 3. Um, the Bible says that... Um, John 17 verse 3, okay. So, um, the Bible says that, and this is life eternal, that they may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Um, that they may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Pastor, can you explain that scripture to us in the light of learning Christ? Uh, Alright, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think, let me start this way and that is um to explain the fact that you know spiritual things work you know 
in an interesting way. Let me just, I like to tell you a little bit of a story. You know, once I was watching this television series then touched by an angel and they said they were going to fight, you know. So these angels were going to fight these evil, evil angels. When time for the fight came, it was interesting. You know what they were doing in fighting? You expect normal, you know, gishi gisha, that kind of thing. You know, sword flying, maybe even bullets. No, they were exchanging words. They were exchanging words. And it reminded me of when we were children. I grew up in Western Nigeria, and a lot of the dramas we used to watch those days used to have a lot of occultism and stuff like that in it. And just like in um, Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible, there's always been a last fight between actor and bulls, if you get my point. <laughs> yes. The main star and then the main villain, usually would be a fight between them. So this was when we were young, then there, there was always one like that. And it was always a fight between the good man, the good Babalawo and the bad one, you know. And again, it was never a physical fight. It was always exchange of words. They use incantations, they keep on saying things to each other until somebody's weight of words will overpower the other person. Now, why did I say all of these things? The way things work in the realm of the spirit is not the same way they work in physical realm. Life, I say it all the time, is a battle of words. It's mm. a battle of attitudes. It's not about guns and bullets and nuclear weapons and, uh, you know, blowing up gas pipelines and stuff. It's actually about words. And now, bear that in mind. So, you asked me a question about this John chapter 17. When you say this is the, the eternal life that you will know, you will see here, how does eternal life come? How does eternal life come? It comes through knowledge. It doesn't come through doing. It comes through knowledge. So, in spiritual things, knowledge is not acquaintance with facts. No, that's not all it is. Knowledge actually is power. Knowledge is development. Knowledge is growth. The food of the soul, the food of the spirit is knowledge. So, when we seek to know Christ, when you know him, you know there's one thing John said. He said, a day will come in which he will appear. He said, then we will see him as he is. Then we will be like him. You are transformed into what you know. You know the, the, the word often used in the New Testament is complete, deep and complete knowledge. So what you know fully and you are acquainted with fully, you are transformed into. So when he said that this is eternal life, that they will know him. The one that knows Christ is joined to Christ. The one that is joined to Christ is joined to the Spirit of God. The one that knows God in this fashion has the life of God expressed in him. Let me get, uh, uh, just to give another illustration. That just by knowing, uh, okay, very beautiful illustration. You go to Numbers chapter 27 and uh, chapter 21, and which was referred to in John chapter 3, in which the people were beaten by serpents because they sinned and murmured against Moses and against God. And God sent venomous serpents to the midst of them. And many were beaten and many died. And they now turned to Moses and cried. And Moses went and prayed to the Lord on their behalf. Now this is where I'm going. God, what the solution he gave them? He said, put a bronze serpent on, his, on a pole. And anyone that looks to it, to it, contemplates on that one, will be healed. That is, what he looks at affects what his body is going to experience. Now this is what I'm going to make here. When we gaze at Christ, it, it changes us. When we know Christ, it changes us. The mistake a lot of people make, they think they come to church to come and learn some how-to, how-to, how-to. No, we don't come to church to learn how-to. We come to church to learn Christ. We come to church to know Christ. And when we know him, we have fulfilled the purpose of God. In fact, there's a depth of knowledge we have. You know, the Bible says that an Enoch walked with God until he was not. Why? God took him. 
what happened? The man so contemplated, worked with God so much, he could no longer fit into this physical experience, this physical existence. He had to be translated. So the point I'm making here is this. Knowing Christ is a focus of the life of the believer. Knowing Christ is our satisfaction. Every other thing is an, it's not just, let me not use the word, just added. Yes, they are added, but they actually aids to the knowledge of Christ. They are aids to the knowledge of Christ. Let me give an example. I just want to give my life as an example. When I got married, as a, you know, as a young man those days, within a few months, there's, this, there's a level of knowledge about spiritual authority and about God, about Jesus that I had, just because I was not a husband. Do you know what? I related with God better. They are, in fact, I started repenting on some things that I may have done against the Lord. How did I know? Now I'm a husband. The same manner, when I became a father, when I began to have children, when I saw my kids, even till now, I had an experience recently. You know, a, a, one of my children came and asked me for something. And God helped me. I was able to do it for him. When I saw the expression on his face, when I delivered, then I ran into my room, got on my knees and began to pray. What was I praying? I said, God, if satisfying my child can make me feel like this, and you are a better father than I am or could ever be, then why am I worried? Then I got on my knees and I was telling the Lord, I am sorry for worrying. Knowing that I have a father that loves me, then why am I ever worried about anything? If I need anything, I should just go to him. I said, my son came to me. Just ask. I'm sure he didn't even know think it was going to be done. He just asked a simple request. I said, okay. How can we go about it? He gave me one or two ideas. I said, all right. Two days later, I delivered. And he looked at me and said, thank you. This look on his face, he hit me and I ran into my room. I said, Lord, do I ever worry? I'm sorry. So you see, knowledge. So these experiences, it shows me who God is. God my father. And you see here, Exodus, um, this is John chapter 17 that you read, you read to us. He said, this is eternal life. This is how eternal life comes. He said, Nearly translation said, This is the way to have eternal life. If you read the Nearly translation, that's what it says there. He said, This is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, of course, who is the exact image of God the Father and the true representation of his nature. So, the way you will know God is by knowing Jesus Christ. Philip told us that. And when Jesus was speaking to Philip, he said, Have I been with you all this while? He said, Show us the Father. Once you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So that's the idea. Jesus was God in flesh so that we can relate with him. We can relate with the things he, does, he did. We can relate with the way he thinks. We can relate with the things that he said that we heard with our ears. John, uh, John said it like this. That which was from the beginning, which we heard with our ears, which we saw with our eyes, which our hands handled concerning eternal life. Same thing he's talking about. So how did John talk about eternal life? Handle Christ, know Christ, hear Christ. That is where life comes from. It's not by learning methods. It's about knowing. It's not by doing works. It is by knowing. That's what eternal life comes from. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, before we go into the knowing Christ, um, let's 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 go back a bit. This is eternal life. Um, so, you know, we've always been taught that when you give your life to Christ, yes, you have eternal life. Mm -hmm. But this is a bit different. This this is a bit different. This okay. yes, you know, you give your life to Christ. Yes, you have eternal life. Mm -hmm. But this one is saying you have eternal life when you know Christ. Okay, yeah, all right, very good. Um, you see, again, that's a mistake a lot of Christians make. It's just those who learn some truths and they don't learn it completely. For example, some people will tell you that I'm born again, 
have the nature of God, so I can't sin. <laughs> they look at it. So this one that you lied to me, what is that? I mean, we know there's a man in the Bible, in, in First Corinthians, Paul talked about him, that he was living in adultery. And Paul said he needed to be punished. Paul also said in the same context, in that First Corinthians, and this in chapter 11, he said, for this reason, many are sick amongst you, and many sleep or die. That is, they were not rightfully descending the body of Christ. So it led to physical infirmity and premature demise of the people. So you see that even though he was teaching them about, you know, the righteousness of God and all of that, they were still doing things that were wrong. So people who don't know say that, no, once you're born again, you have the life of God, the seed of God in you, you cannot sin, you cannot sin. So their only interpretation is that anything I do is not a sin. I've, now, now, I've seen them before. I've seen people like that. They will do things that are crass, no wrong. Yet, they insist that because I'm a son of God, I cannot sin. I quote one, one scripture from First John out of context. Now, this is a mistake. Just like you're just asking me now. You have something does not mean it's fully developed. A lot of times, you know, the Bible says that he's taught, you know, before God who speak in the, how did he say it again in the, um, Romans chapter 4, who caused those things that be not as though they were. That is, modern tradition will say, who speaks into existence that which did not exist. So God will look at a man like Abraham and say, a father of many nations, I have made you. And the man doesn't have a child. And you call him a father of many nations. But you can see this is a goal. If you walk with me, that's what God is saying. This is what I have made you. Now, when God has made you something, you now walk towards that thing. So Paul said it this way. He says, seeing that we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Now, what does that mean? If God gives us promises, he speaks as if it is done. Paul now says that when you see it, you start working on yourself until because what prevents the fulfillment of that which you can see which has been spoken as done is the is defilement so yes as a child of god i have eternal life all right but is it fully developed the answer is no if a woman delivers a child today all right the baby cries within a few seconds after birth all right but if you all walk away <laughs> and leave that baby there you come back in a few days the baby is dead what are you supposed to do? Take the baby, the newborn baby, nurse the baby, close the baby, bathe the baby, you understand? Cuddle the baby, suckle the baby, feed the baby. And then you come in three months' time, the baby is bigger. You come in a year's time, the baby is walking. You come in 10 years' time, the baby is in secondary school. You come in 25 years, you know, the baby is getting married. <laughs> do you understand my point? Yeah. <laughs> so you see, that baby developed. In the same manner, when we have spiritual things in us, they develop. So, yes, when you give your life to Christ, but there's one story I like to read. If you read um, the story of the prodigal son, I typically read the New American Standard Bible. So one day I read that portion of the story of the prodigal son, and I was impressed with something that my Bible says. After the brother protested that uh, he took the father, uh, of course, we all know the story that when the boy came back home, the father celebrated his coming. The Bible says he killed the fatal calf and there was a party. The brother was not home when all, all of these things began. So when he came, he complained that, ah, why would my father do this? And the father said, it is worthy, let me just read it out, that we celebrate. Why? He said, because your brother, who was dead, has begun to live. That's the last verse of um, Luke chapter 15. He said, your brother, who was dead, 
has begun to live. Now, when I read the New American Bible, it struck me. Now, let me ask you a simple question. It's common sense. Next day, would the father make that boy that just returned back home a manager? Absolutely not. Today, we need to say, okay, this is the key to the vault. Anytime you need money, go and take. Of course not. You are back home. Thank you very much. You have to now start learning to become like your older brother. It will take you years. But now you have seen the foolishness of your ways. But now you have been accepted back. Let's be like this. You have received eternal life again. Then you will learn to be responsible. You will learn to be diligent. You will learn to be faithful in the use of money. You will learn to, to be faithful in everything. Then we can, you can have the right that your older brother has. That's one thing people often miss in that. So he says, this brother of yours who was dead has begun to live. So when we give our lives to Christ, this is the summary of it. We begin to live. We begin to live. They will start developing. How do we develop? Peter said it like this. He said, grow in grace. Maybe I should read that. Second Peter chapter 3. He said it this way. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our... See, that's how it goes. It's, 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 it's growth. If you read it um, in chapter... I think it around, should be around verse um, 17. Yes. He said, Second Peter chapter 3. He said, you therefore beloved, knowing this beforehand. He was talking about those who are... Um, you know, who are carrying things that are hard and all of that, that people don't understand. You're talking about misunderstanding and the fact that the latter days bad things are going to happen. But let's just go to that verse 17. He said, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men. And in that process, you fall from your own steadfastness. But what should you do in verse 18? But grow in the grace and knowledge. That's where I was going. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So you see what is going on there. That grace increases as we grow in the knowledge of God. So yes, I do have eternal life as a newborn believer. But it has to be developed. It has to grow. To have any, it will not have any positive impact in my life until I make it grow through increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you, sir. How do you... How do you get knowledge of God? How do you know Christ? Okay. Now, I'm going to come from the positive aspect and then the negative aspect. What I mean by negative is this. Okay, let me just start with that. Negative is to remove the hindrances. Alright? Okay. Yeah, that's it. The positive is what are the active things you do in the direct pursuit of the knowledge of God. Now, the most important thing, I should start with that, is desire. What really do you want? Like we were discussing before the program began. A lot of Christians go to church. You know what they really want? They want money. <laughs> That's what they really want. Mm. They want solution to their problems. That is what they really want. They want to get married. They want to have children. And I've experienced this. I've been a preacher for a number of years now. I've counseled with people. And it's very common with people, when they have distress, they draw near to God. Once God solves the problem, they seem to disappear. I've seen people that, they were very regular studying scriptures with us. The day they got married, I never saw them again. At least, I was at the wedding. <laughs> and so they, from that wedding, it was like, bye-bye, God has solved me. And that's it. You don't see them again. People have issues, they have distress, they come. In their distress, they, they come near to the Lord. If you go, that story, I think, is in the first or second chronicles. It's the story of Asa, chapter 35, 
1936. You know, you, you, you see, when in their distress, they seek the Lord. Then when distress goes away, it's called, I call it the, the, the danger of prosperity. The, the, um, Solomon calls it complacency of fools. In that prosperity, they move away. Even David said it, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. So that's what I'm going to emphasize. Desire is number one. When we come, what did you come to seek? You see, we jump from one place to the other looking for miracles. They're not looking for them. And that's how they easily get deceived. Oh, for, oh, do I start talking about false prophets again? They're all over the place. Deceiving people who are not seeking God. There was one prominent false prophet in Lagos those days. I mean, recent years. And the people were arguing with you. And I say, okay, you that say this man is genuine. What has he taught you about the Lord? I've never heard anybody say, oh, this one thing I learned about Christ from this man. Or that, I, I, this is the revelation. This is how I started following Christ closer. What did they argue with you? He gives food to the poor. <laughs> he works miracles. Miracles we found out later. They were staged mostly. They were staged. And we've seen people stage miracles. We still remember the, the three different pastors in different places were healing the same ailment. But social media and the easy, easy recording messed those people up. People showed them the same woman being healed three times by three different preachers. The woman confessed that they pay her 10000 I think, for each of the shows. You see, that's what happens when people are running up and down, not looking for the Lord. You are impossible. Now, mark my words. You are impossible to deceive if who you are looking for is Christ. What do I mean? A man will try to deceive you. That's normal. You may misunderstand. That's normal. But if you come seeking Christ, he will defend you. You cannot be deceived if your heart is looking for Christ. So when you ask me, what is the thing we are supposed to do? Number one, what is your desire? Are you trying to use Christ to gain? Paul said that men, many suppose godliness as a means of gain. That is, don't cheat your customers so God will bless you. So they stop cheating. Not because, you know, if you go and read them, I think it's Psalm 45, it says, for you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. You know, a lot of people don't know that you're supposed to love that thing. Many people don't love righteousness. Like one of my friends said, look, a lizard brother, he said, look, if you go abroad, all of them are criminals, but they, they, they fear prison. That whatever you do in that country, they will catch you and they will send you to jail. So people want freedom. They don't love righteousness. But as true believers, we should love righteousness. So if the first thing I'm looking for is Christ. So if you see, I've taken, I've taken quite in, uh, some time. I think this matter of desire. So what are we supposed to do if we want to learn Christ? The first thing I want to say is, want Christ. Desire Christ. Let him be the focus. Let him be the real thing that you want. Not as if you're looking for him for means of gain. Uh, please, I'll let's get to this point. You know, all right, you know me enough. I can't help but get to this particular issue. Like money. When Christians give, it is so sad. I hear preachers deceive, you know, lead them astray all the time. Give so that God can give back to you. If the reason, if that's the reason why you are giving, you're not serving God. If that's the reason why you are giving, you don't love Christ. If the reason why you are giving is so that, you know, people say, tie so that God will rebuke the devourer. If, if you are hiring God as your security man against the devourer with your tithe, you don't know God. He said, give your first fruit so that the rest of it, God can bless it. If the reason you are giving that money is because you are buying cover 
If I just go to an insurance company, God is not an insurance company. He's not a mafia boss that you pay protection money, I say all the time. You can't be given to him so that he will give, people go they give to God, they not go and pray that God is not giving, so he will not bless me back. And like I said all the time, you don't want God to get into mathematics with you. You will know the cost of breath, you will know the cost of a heartbeat, you know the cost of sight to see, oh my God. That's one of the highest kinds of technology that God package and give it, give it to free of charge. He said, okay, if you want to start doing calculation, you go pay. Oh. We can't afford it. But what I'm going to say is this. So sometimes people, they are giving for what they are going to get. It's wrong. It's wrong. They don't love Christ. He said, for you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. That is where you are supposed to go. What do you love? I'm going to answer that question. How am I supposed to learn Christ? Number one, have the right desire. Say, God, I just want to know you. I'm not trying to get a car. I'm not trying to be rich. I'm not trying to get married. I'm not trying to have children. I want to know you. Now, all these other things, Jesus said they are added. He will give you additions. Now, I'm not saying never ask God for those things. Please don't get me wrong. People sometimes misunderstand you. I just say that's not the primary goal of your life. It's not the primary goal. If your primary goal is that, look, I want to know Christ and be transformed into his image, then other things will start following. You start making the right decisions. Let me give you an example now. People say that, eh, I'm tired of this country. I'm going to another country. Uh, okay, good. I don't have a problem. You can go anywhere you like. It's your life. Are yeah, you getting my point? But the question is, uh, why? These people have, most 99% have never said, okay, this is how my spiritual development will be when I get there. They see all the challenges to their faith, but they don't care. As long as you can give me good roads, give me constant water, and then according to somebody, which is a lie, uh, I can plan the future of my children, which is a fat lie, very, very fat lie. You can't plan the future of nobody. Do you get my point? It's a gift of God. It's a hand. So, but you give them those things, and then you say, okay, which church do you attend? They've never investigated it. Parents are willing to send their children abroad to a place where they can't, they can't name the name of Jesus in class. You pay $20,000 a year in tuition, $15,000 a year in tuition, and then the boy has to hide the father as a Christian. And you say you love God, you want to hear the truth, you don't love him. Because if you know, if you read your scriptures, we're going to study Exodus chapter 44, you will find that what you do with your offspring is of key importance to God. God was going to kill Moses for he did not circumcise his son. When you are making decisions concerning your children, your primary decision will be to expose them to Christ. You say, hey, Nigeria has to go on strike. I say, eh? when they finish going on strike, this one took eight months. Didn't they come back? And in that interval, why don't you enroll your children in the Bible school? Let them go and learn Christ. But we, we think these things are uh, come and be real. What do you mean be real? We're talking about matters of eternal life here. Now, what I'm going to emphasize here, if you have the right desire, if you know, Paul said something in Philippians chapter 1. He said, I want you to learn to approve the things that are excellent. If the knowledge of Christ is what you know to be excellent, then all these other things that we will add to it, they will come naturally. For example, one day I prayed to the Lord. I was reading my scriptures. And I found out that the Bible says, you know, the angel came to see Daniel. He said, Daniel, O man of high esteem. Ah! I dropped my Bible. God looked and called the man as he's of high esteem. That is, God held Daniel in high esteem. He now said, I have come to give you skill and understanding. I dropped my Bible. I said, God, please, eh? 
I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you for this. I'm asking you for one thing. Give me skill and understanding. Let me know life. Help me to see from above and not from beneath. Let me not spend my whole life pursuing vanity. Okay, after I've lived for a number of decades, I've built houses here and there, I've started businesses here and there, then what? Then we die and leave everything behind. What do we carry to eternity? What is the purpose? Do you get my point? So when we set our mind on the right thing, yes, we'll make the right decisions. We'll invest our money rightly. Somebody asked me many years ago, anytime they come near me, they have, they, and I always I introduce them to new ministers, new books. Somebody one brother asked me, he said, Brother Banky, how do you get all these materials? And I thought about it. You know the answer I gave him? I said, because I want them. That was the answer I gave him. This was around 1994. Yeah, no, around 1990. Yeah, around 1994, 95, yes. I said, I want them. He said, what do you mean? Because I really didn't know. When you just asked that question, I found out that I will be in my house, really. People will come to me and say, Banky, you need to listen to this. I said, my one brother, he came, he said, he said, Pastor Banky, you need to hear this. Give me a tape. It was this way we used to do tapes. You know what I did with my money? As long as I earned some money, I went and bought a Sony twin cam recorder. Those are those two things that I used to put two cases into almost the same slot. Yes. Yeah. And as soon as you bring it to the tape, I've not even listened. I said, okay, let me have it. I put it in. I remember it was a tape by Bishop David Oedipo on the former and the latter. I didn't even play it. I, I recorded it first. I always had a pack of empty tapes. I recorded it and gave him tapes back. Then when he left, and I listened to it. Now, I remember that because he, he brought it for me. I will be in my house. Somebody will say, like the other day, there's one very prominent minister. Let me not say because we're online now. One brother came to Enugu. This was a few years ago. And said, sir, I want you to be the first to have this. He gave me a hard disk. And he gave me about 36 gigabytes of audio recordings of this man's all his messages that was ever gathered hundreds of them he gave to me he said i wanted to have it first before he gave to anybody else now this is where i'm going whenever they asked me years ago how do you get all these materials i said i want them and because i want them my spirit calls out to them the people will be sending me things from different places oh you need to hear this ah banky have you heard of miles morrow those are those days where is it? They gave me a, a video recording. I went to my friend's house. He said, Banky, sit down. You need to hear this. That was my introduction to T.G. Jakes. Now, what am I going to say? Where have we placed our desire? Have we placed our desire on money? So you see, so you can get a reward. <laughs> a Christmas is coming. You plant a seed of 10,000. I said, God can give you 10 million. Buy a car before Christmas. Those are rubbish things. That's not, that's not Christianity. What do you want to know? Jesus said, this is eternal life. That they will know him, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, who is a reflection of the Father. That's the primary thing. Desire. The primary thing is desire. Okay. Yes. So you, you, you did say that you were going to um, approach it from two angles. So this is the positive angle. Desire. One of the things. The primary one. The other things, like for example, now, when your desire is there, of course, one of the manifestations of desire, Mike Mudok would say, the proof of desire is what? Pursuit. 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 So one, the first way a Christian pursues is prayer. Like I, I just gave an illustration now. Once I prayed to God, I said, Lord, you give Daniel skill and understanding. I said, Lord, I want you to also give me skill and understanding. So it became a matter of prayer. And then, of course, God starts giving you opportunities. He starts opening your, you know, opening your eyes to see opportunities, which will cost you. It will cost you your money. 
You understand? It will cost you your time. I mean, football is going on now. You understand? The World Cup is going on. Sometimes God will say, you want to watch match Brazil versus who? Uh -huh. Time to go and hear the word. Mm. So, I mean, you will see a live stream will start. A powerful message. At the same time, they will be live streaming a message of the, the, the match between one of your favorite national teams and another one that's a serious rival. And God said, make your choice. He said, okay, I will. You know, Christians do for anything. I will, I will listen to the recording of the message. So God said, why don't you also watch the recording of the match? He said, the suspense. The suspense is not, it's like a drug. To wear out again. You need it again tomorrow. You understand? So you have to start making those choices. Those are the positive side. The negative, hmm. I want plenty. Number one reason why people don't know God is they, they serve other gods. That's number one reason. We have to get rid of other gods. And of course, the primary other god is what? Mammon. 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 Most potent. The most dangerous of all the other gods that people serve. Even worse than the devil is mammon. <laughs> because of the subtlety. That's why. Okay, thank you so much, sir. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, dear listeners, we have it, the positive and the negative. So, we, this, how to know God, how to know Christ. Um, so, Pastor, I was just wondering, you said that um, desire yeah. to know God, you need to desire him. Now, that is for someone who knows. What if someone is brought up in an environment where all he was taught um, is falsehood? He was taught the wrong way to follow Christ. He was brought up, you know, um, by parents who believe that the only way you get is to is the only way to receive is to give, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. So, how does the person get to the point of truly seeking God? Because this is all he's known. Uh, well, that, that's uh, you know, the truth is that God calls out to people all the time. He does. He does. In the midst, look, you go to Saudi Arabia, Christ is calling out to people. I have a book, Tritone Dreams and Visions. You see people in core Islamic countries, Christ. And the people sometimes that you think you're a Christian because you're in a Christian environment. It's not really so. It's not really so. In everywhere, where men, when their heart truly calls out to God, He reaches out to them. Like the lack of situation is people have been misled, they've been taught wrongly. You're in a church where they lie to you every day. And I've had testimonies all the time, not even today. In fact, I'm just thinking of people who came to me now and told me this. That they tell you, just be there. Some people just, just said that, this thing is not right. They don't know what's wrong with it. They don't know. But something will just say, this thing is not right. You know what to say to them? is the Holy Spirit. It's God calling out to them. Mm -hmm. And they need to respond to that call. And in simple terms, Lord, teach me that which is right. I'll give you an example. Till today, we know that Southern Kaduna is predominantly... Well, supposedly Christian, you understand? But how did it, how did it happen? I heard the story from uh, the mouth of, um, um, I think, Professor um, Ishaya Audu. Ishaya Audu says something then, that I think it was his father or his grandfather. He was an Islamic cleric. But you know what? He was seeking to know God truly. But he was an Islamic cleric. And then one day, an angel appeared to him, just like he appeared to um, Cornelius. And that's uh, Cornelius, and told him to send for Peter. And angel appeared to him and told him that his prayer for knowledge, true knowledge, has been heard. That he is to take two days' journey down south, towards the south, and they will meet messengers of God who will show him the way of true life, the way of truth. So he began to travel. After two days, he stumbled on missionaries who were coming towards the north. When he saw them, they, they met each other. He narrated the visit of the angel to them all right 
and then they sat him down and for days they taught him about Christ Jesus. Then he returned back to base. Because he was a cleric, he introduced Jesus to all his followers. So that's how come all his descendants, all his followers, they became Christians. So you see, God is reaching out to people who genuinely want to know. The truth is that many people, they don't want to know. We're talking about removing the negative aspects. I'll tell you the reason why. Sometimes people know the truth. They know something is wrong. And then God begins to open the eyes of the truth. But when you begin to follow the truth, you are going to lose your position. That's when my mom comes in. And it becomes, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? With what will we clothe ourselves? A young man is going to a church. They have in the in this assembly institutionalized things that are not in alignment with the word of God. But he can't stop. Why? He's been promoted now. He's not a senior pastor. He has regular income. He has good bonuses. He's building a house. You understand my point? If he stops, okay, what's he going to do? Who's going to take care of these four children that he has? Well, those are the things he's thinking about. A young man came to me once. We're on air, so I will not give details. But he said that he's been trained for years in a particular mission. He's about to finish. This training has been going on for years. He said, but the Holy Spirit had me declared to him, this is not the way to go. So that day he came to see me. If I just took permission and came. He said, what do I do? I said, what do you mean? He said, look, if I leave after all these years, I have nothing. There's no professional. I said, this is what I do. I cannot continue in this mission. Which will have been a beautiful career with people envy. He said, but now I know the word of the Lord. I have to leave. He said, so where do I go now? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know too. But the person who called you, he's faithful. Mm. Just get up, obey him and leave. You'll be amazed at what he has planned in front. But one thing I don't do on behalf of the Lord, which is wrong. I'm like, I'm not supposed to do it, so I don't do it. I don't make promises he did not make. I will not tell him, oh, once you leave, God has a BMW waiting for you as a reward of your obedience to him. Immediately, he's going to give you a seven-income, you know, a, a seven-figure income on a monthly basis. Why? Because his name is Jehovah Jireh. God has... Mm, I don't say that. You know why? Why? When he called Paul, you know what he told Paul? I will show you the things that you will suffer for my name. So, I don't know what he's calling that guy to do. Sadhu Savaraj was called and he started walking barefoot. Walking around India, going to Nepal, going to the cold areas of the Himalayas, preaching the gospel. So, I don't make promise on behalf of God. But one thing I know, I can give you his word. He's faithful. If you follow him, he will take care of you. That's Amen. All I can say. Thank you so very much, sir. Um, and it's actually time to get interactive. So please, uh, dear listeners, call in with your questions. The number is 0902-002-0925. I'll take that again. 0902-002-0925. And of course, you can send questions and comments to our Facebook page, Word versus World. And we do have a question right now on our Facebook page. Um, Pastor, this is from um, Nadi Umadi Sunny, and he said, "Thank you so much, Pastor, for these teachings. And please, you said um, something very remarkable, which is that many Christians today are after how the problems will be solved and not necessarily seeking Christ. My question is this: Is it the fault of those Christians or the preachers who have taught them so?" Of course, like we said earlier, um, preachers do mislead people, but then you have to take your life into your own hands. All right? You know, 
Of course, God will judge each person, all right? He knows how he's going to handle that. But I always like to uh, encourage people to take, accept the responsibility. If you have been misled, at least now you have been right-led. <laughs> Can I use the expression? <laughs> Choose you this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. Like Paul said that you believe in all these things. He says, so you were led. That's First Corinthians 12. When we're talking about concerning spiritual gifts, you know? You followed after that, he said, as you were led. But now, so there's this, always this but now. But now. This but now is when God has brought light. If you are still misled, look, God has, is very, is very fair, is very just. Like I said earlier, if he knows you are being misled, there's no problem. He will send truth. He always gives you the opportunity to go for truth and reject uh, the misleading. However, that choice is usually costly. That's the point I'm trying to make. Mm. You will lose your position in the church. You may lose your position in the society. I'll give an example. One of my friends grew up, the father was an occultist, all right? Was inside one of many of these cults and all of that. And then I got my friend's wife, so the lady. The only the man gave his life to Christ. His other friends told him, and I, mark these words. He said, how do you intend to survive without us? That was, the man was being honest with him. He said, look, now you have left us. You say you are going to church. You have been baptized. You are born again. You don't want to hang with us in this place again. He asked him simply, how will you survive without us? Mm. And you want to know the truth? I mean, this, the, the, the daughter of this man married a, friend, a very close friend of mine. He said, it was rough. For years, they did not have money. He said, those days, it will take government contracts. If the contract is for 100 million naira, before it starts, they paid him 90 million. Hmm. As it's finishing, they paid him the balance 10 million. Now, he couldn't even get contracts. If he did, they wouldn't pay him. You understand? He would start businesses, they would, it wouldn't work. You understand? It was so hard. His wife had to get up. Good much, she was a strong woman and do something. And in fact, somebody had to, one man anointed, had to give him and say, Take this money. Put in your wife's business. My money is anointed. The business will do well. well. That's how difficult things became for him. Now, that's what people don't want. They will sacrifice the knowledge of truth for self-preservation. Go and read it. What Paul says something. When Paul says something, when he was speaking to the Philippians, he explained to them that many things were gained to me. In fact, I think I need to read it. It's so important because people need to bear this in mind. With Christianity, is not um, come and say, come look, look uh, life is going to be very, very simple. Come and follow Jesus Christ. Jesus is begging you. No. When Paul came, <laughs> you know what Paul said? When Jesus came to Paul, he told him, I'll show you the things you will suffer for my sake. If you didn't be different about three, he said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He said, um, for time's sake, let me just jump. He said, for we are the true circumcision of verse 3. Who worship in this uh, who worship in the spirit of God and we don't have any confidence in the flesh? He says, Although, verse 4, I myself might have confidence in the flesh. That is, even though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others had a reason to have confidence, I have much more. And I began to describe it. Circumcised on the eighth day, pure blooded citizen of Israel. He said, a really Hebrew. I was zealous so much that I persecuted the church. He now said, verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. Many people are not willing to do that. 
They want to retain the old and yet still gain Christ. No, it doesn't work. It's really their choice. They tend to reject him when he brings the truth to them. Okay. And we do have a call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I want to greet the man of God in the house. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you. I have a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. This, this happened last night and um, I was totally confused. I mean, I was asleep and a little bit awake. I don't know how to say I was, I was uh, my, eyes, my eyes were open. I'm sorry this is no uh, relation to the topic, but I really need okay. to answer, please. Can you... Okay, so I noticed that something was holding me down and I felt it was a hand of the um. baby. I was very confused and I was about to shout, Jesus, Jesus, but okay i'm i'm really sorry that is totally unrelated i'm very sorry um but pastor would you would you like to say something about that no what i'll just say the person should just please send a message you know please um, we apologize that we really can't take that you know we have the time is limited so we have to try and focus on the humanity sometimes people have questions and we appreciate it you would like to have um, a spiritual answer to this question so please there is a number that you say you can send yes. a whatsapp message to yes so go ahead and um, send that message okay please thank you but you can do a voice note and then the, uh, the pastor will listen to it and then give you a reply please we apologize let's try and focus on what we have at hand all right thank you sir mm -hmm. and we have another call hello good morning hello good morning hello good morning good morning um, your name yeah. and your question quickly, please. Uh, my name is Okay, your question? I'm sorry, you have to speak up and move away from your device. We really can't hear you. Okay, oh, sorry, I do not have a church in Abakaliki. Sorry, somebody said, Where can you get my church in Abakaliki? But if you want a place where you can study the word of God, please again send a message and then we'll send you a reply. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, so we have um, one last question. Hello, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. Yes, um, can, you, can you step away from your device a bit, please? Okay, sir. Hello. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Yes, um, your name and your question quickly. I am sorry we lost that call. Um, well, it's almost, we're running out of time right now, really. But then the number to send your chat to, very importantly, is 0905-550-6017. And another call. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yes, your name and your question quickly, please. My name is uh, Rene I'm calling from Rene Okay. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Good morning. My question is, uh, you, say, you know, we give to God. Like uh, we see in the Bible, the book of Malachi, where God promised to bring your time that your storehouse is. And that again, in the New Testament, they are they give and they are giving unto you. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Can you ask your question quickly, sir? 
citation is that if uh, if you respond by giving to God, mm. uh, not he pay you back. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. Um, you see, there are different levels of the reason why we do things. After, uh, there's a story I like to tell. It's a very humorous story. Uh, I happened to, to talk my children when they were small, a boy and a girl. So one day their mother gave them drinks. Now listen to this very carefully because it's very important for you to understand me. It really happened in my house. So I asked my daughter for her drink. So she looked at me. She became suspicious and smiled. And didn't release the drink immediately. I asked the brother, give me your drink. So he handed me the drink. And that one shouted and said, the, the sister shouted. And said, wait, do you know that you may finish your drink? You don't have anything left to. They were very small. That one turned to him and said, but he's my daddy. And I love him. Mm. I just turned to him and said, he bought a, 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 a bowl of ice cream for you tomorrow. Then the sister said, okay, you can have my drink. I said, no, too late. <laughs> now, please, that's just the answer to that question. If you are giving to God because he said he will give back to you, you don't love him. Thank you so very much. Uh, it has been wonderful having you here with us. And we do appreciate your coming. Um, we are sorry we cannot take any more questions. But please remember that you can send your questions to 905 five five zero six zero one seven as a whatsapp chat and as pastor said you actually could send a voice note so that you explain yourself you know as as clearly as possible thank you so very much sir and of course um this has been word versus world on 92.5 in English dream fm please remember that at 5 p.m today Pastor Udo Kemute will be live on Grace and Truth. He'll be on YouTube and he'll be on Mixlar. So please remember to tune in at 5 p.m. today for Grace and Truth with Pastor Udo Kemute. Um, it's important that we realize that just as Pastor has said, the desire to know Christ. So the question to go with this week is, how much do I desire to know Christ? How much do I desire to know him and the power of his resurrection? Am I just following him for what I can get for a husband, for a child, for a job? Or am I following him because he is all that he's all life is just about him. It is him and nothing else. So I think it's really good that we ask ourselves that question. Remember, you can send other comments and questions to our Facebook page, Word versus World, and you get responses. Until then, the Lord be with you. I am Hope. Word versus World. Rightly dividing the truth of God's Word. Word versus World. Sponsored by friends and lovers of the Gospel.